Hello, everyone. This is Lisa Freitas. And I'm Katie Saad, and welcome to another episode of 90 Day Disasters, a 90 Day Fiance Recap Podcast. We are two moms, lawyers, and reality TV junkies here to break down for you the fire in a trash can that is TLC's 90 Day Fiance. All right, everyone, grab your K-1 visas and let's get started. Oh, and because we are lawyers, we need to cover our butts. So please listen to the disclaimer at the end of the episode. Hello and um, welcome to 90 Day Disasters. I'm here with Katie. Hello. And we are, this episode, we're going to kind of put a cap on um, before the 90 days and talk a little bit about the rest of the reunion. And then we'll go dive right in to the new season of 90 Day Fiance. I'm excited. Yes. It's always good. I mean, they have such a good formula. They do. They do. It's, it's an interesting one. And stay tuned. Also, get excited. I have a very controversial opinion about one of the 90-day couples. Oh. I think you and I are going to get into it. Yay! Yeah. Okay. All right. So just to recap a little bit of like what happened at the end of before the 90 days. Let's see. Um, Darcy and Tom, they are, are they together? Um, yes, I believe that they're together. And then just as a side note... Jesse is actually right now, I think at this moment in Barcelona with, um, what is her name? Caesar's Ukrainian love. Oh, Maria. Maria. They're like in Barcelona, like Instagramming it up. And honestly, they, it tracks. That, that, they work better. Except that neither of them has any money or an American passport. Yeah, so they might actually just be attracted to each other. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it may not work. <laughs> it's like it's like the same poles of a magnet coming together, yeah, though. Kind of. Yeah, I, know. I know. It'll I be know. interesting. Um, yeah, I felt that it was interesting that Darcy had no idea that Tom had been engaged twice before. That's that's a huge red flag. It, but it's also, I mean, like for people who've been and communicating for four years. Yeah, I mean, the idea that it never overlapped with one of his engagements, although that could be the explanation, is that it was actually both of them were so long ago. Yeah, but how could it not come up in conversation? Like, yeah. all they had were conversations for four years. It's still a huge red flag, and I have to say, I bet you what happened is that their conversations and the the actual, like, crux of their relationship was just her talking about Jesse. Like, I bet she did all yeah. the talking, that that's the explanation. Not or really it's that like he was sexual innuendo it. or banter or something. And like her that. just endlessly cooing at him. Right. Um, so anyway, that's them. They weren't very interesting. Um, well, except for the big blow up and sort well, of their involvement in this blow up with Angela, who's a nut job, just screaming at um, uh, Angela, Avery. Although I did. Okay. So I understood where Angela was coming from. I just didn't... It was her um, delivery. Well, it was also perfectly hypocritical that she was complaining that Avery was inserting herself in someone else's business. Um, hello? Uh, no. Hot. <laughs> no, totally. But, like, I got, like... I didn't think they were bullying Jesse. No, they were I, being honest They with were him. just talking to him about it. And I, I understood Tim's position, too. Like, why are you here? And Jesse engaged with them. Yes. Jesse could have just sat there and kept his mouth shut, but he wanted to be a sycophant and get even more screen time by, you know, having this, you know, Drama. awkward introduction. I mean, he actually came in pretty hot, like not in the sense of anger or aggression, but in the sense of 
really trying to engage with them. I think that in his own way, he was baiting them. Right. And then Avery took it a little bit, took a tangent. She's a child. She's very young. And then she was trying to relate it to some abusive relationship she was in. Yeah, that was her wound. It was her wound. And she kind of got a little bit carried away on that side. But for Angela to come in and be like, you guys are bullish. They weren't bullying him. They were having a conversation with him. Nobody was screaming until she walked in. And then she just went way too extreme. And it was just like, I was crazy. I I liked how Jesse was hedging where he wasn't really openly accepting Angela's support because he knew that she was so crazy that he couldn't really put his hat on that, you know, post or whatever he needed to keep his distance from her. Mm -hmm. So that to me showed how sneaky he is. Mm -hmm. I I mean, do you want Angela's support? I feel no. like Angela and I are on the same page. Something Something's is going wrong. wrong. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think Jesse really is as bad as Darcy believes he is, and I'm not going to say as Darcy says he is because actually she didn't talk ever say smack that. on him. She clearly really wants to be completely separated from him because she's realized how toxic he is, and I have to agree. I think he probably is exactly as toxic as he appears to be. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Which I'm not to say he's a bad person or whatever. I imagine it's coming from some kind of childhood issue. He said his father or whatever didn't accept him and this and, and that. And I think also you know. with the right person, yeah, he could work and not be this crazy abusive person. I think that Darcy, not well, maybe he would be abusive in some way, but like I feel like Darcy was like his perfect victim, the perfect Patsy, because she fed into it and Has was so no self-esteem. She's zero She's self-esteem. She's a puddle, and he just stepped in it. Right, and she kept taking it. I mean, if for this to keep going, and for them to keep being in communication, like why wouldn't you just get out? I believe one hundred percent. By the way, Darcy's side of the story of what's been going on since they broke up. I think he's absolutely been constantly reaching out to her. I think the reason is that she remained somehow against all odds in the spotlight, you know, or, you know, I don't know if I want to call it a spotlight, but you know, whatever bastardized, minimized version of the spotlight TLC shines on anyone in pillow talk. Mm -hmm. Um, But she somehow managed to maintain her or continue her 15 minutes of fame. And I think that he just hounded her because he wanted to be part of that storyline. And he, sort of got exactly what he wanted because in 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 a, in a moment that made absolutely no sense he was somehow on this reunion even though he had nothing yeah. to do with her story why arc. was he even there because he made it happen by just hounding her and being involved oh. in this and that so he got exactly what he wanted and that is why Avery and Tim were totally justified in my opinion in calling him out they were totally yeah. right they saw right through him and I'm actually not surprised that Tim did but I'm a little surprised that Avery and I think it's it was actually more of a coincidence that she had her own issues with right. people like Jesse, so she called him out. But I think Tim really saw him for what he was, right. which was this manipulative, fame-hungry narcissist. I agree. So let's talk about Tim and... Je- was it Jennifer? Jennifer. Jennifer with two Fs. Tim, I believe, with every fiber of my being, is a gay man. And I think I'm on your side now. I'm sorry. You don't go for two weeks with your, you know love from long distance and this and that and never have sex especially unless you have like you know and i don't mean to minimize this but like erectile dysfunction or it's a health problem or, or you or or it's like a deeply held religious belief sure or something but this clearly 
I believe that you're right, and I believe that this is the reason why that he has not admitted it to himself, mm-hmm. and this is why his ex it was like, hey, how's the you know physical chemistry? Because she knows she figured out a long time ago that that was the problem, and that's why they're best friends and right. they're co-parenting. And there's no like she's not into him, and she's no. like, oh, I'm happy for you to go over there and meet this girl because it's never going to work. <laughs> I think she probably feels a little bit badly for Jennifer, but also there might be a little bit of, I don't know, if I were. And I can't remember, Veronica. Yeah. I I would probably feel, I might even have a little bit of like microaggression towards Jennifer where I'm like, oh, you think that you're going to come in and change him and be what I couldn't be, but you can't because you don't have a penis. Right. (laughs) Crucial, crucial (laughs) shortcoming, if you will. Crucial shortcoming. Yeah, that, their relationship is odd and I don't think it's going to go anywhere. So sad. They want two different things. I mean. Jennifer, to me, it was the saddest moment when she had some kind of like little monologue where she was saying, yeah, he's not really the kind of man that I want, but he's so good for my daughter. And it just became so clear to me that she is actually willing to settle. And I think this is the crucial difference between her and Veronica. Jennifer is from another country where apparently she's, I mean, it appears that she has at least decided that she doesn't have sufficient opportunities. I'm guessing in her mind, it's a modeling thing where she thinks she doesn't have enough modeling opportunities and she has so much potential and she would blow up in the American market or whatever that I think that's the difference where Veronica was already in the United States. Presumably she already had her shit together. Yes, she had the kid and she was able to make it so that she had the father figure and didn't have to be with the gay man and be his beard. And I think Jennifer is on her back foot more. And I don't mean to suggest that people from other countries are on their back feet, but but people who want to come here and aren't here arguably have, you know, sort of a, a, a situation to sort of solve. And I think Jennifer is literally going to be his beard yeah, because she is prioritizing her daughter and the opportunities that she can have in the United States and Veronica was more you know on an even footing with him and so was like oh well i'm not going to settle for a relationship where we're not romantic yeah so they're i think they're doomed i know it's sad no i don't think they are doomed i think they're gonna get married you think so yes i think she's gonna be his beard i think that maybe five six seven years down the line she's Mm. gonna have an affair maybe he finds out maybe he doesn't i mean that i would lay a moderate amount of money down on that exact thing happening oh well maybe but that is sad well i feel sad for him be who you are yeah embrace it you never know you never know what his background is what kind of homophobia he has witnessed he's from the south yeah you know he's from a conservative place he's a gun maker or gun designer or whatever you want to call it i mean just the fact that this is a man who takes guns and like paints them right like um (laughs) yeah Yeah, and he definitely probably spends more time in the bathroom grooming than she does. I love Tim, and I agree with you. I do love Tim. I think that Tim is the perfect tragedy of homophobia. Yeah. You know, homophobia has made him not be okay with him. I mean, he was bullied his whole childhood for being fat, right? And I think he had those layers of fat to protect himself from romantic relationships because he knew on some level that his romantic relationships wouldn't be acceptable. So he's the fat kid. He comes out. He's super successful. He's got all this money. I think you misspoke when you said he comes out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he co- You're right. I'm sorry. Emerges. He emerges. From his uh, fat suit. From his fat suit. He loses weight. But he's still that little fat kid inside who doesn't want to be bullied. And if he comes out now as gay, too, then it's like another Starting reason. Now he's got something else for people to come at him. So I get that. You it's know, a I totally get that. 
Move up north, Tim. That would be my suggestion. Yeah. Move to, no, move out here. Move to the Bay Area. Move to the West move Coast. Move to the Castro and just be Embrace yourself. Embrace yourself. That'll... And I don't say any of this to be disparaging. I just want to make no, that so no, clear. No, 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 I just feel sorry for anyone who can't embrace their sexual identity because it's such embrace a key who part. they are be who you are yes and be okay and be proud of it and happy about it and i i feel like he's gained so much confidence in so many ways and yet he still can't be who he is no and he can't be honest with himself or other people and that is Hard. arguably the worst part about it because i think it's the secret that makes you sick yeah i think that's true you know it's not just that he can't pursue these relationships with the people that he would actually love to be with it's that he can't even have a relationship with himself yeah no, it's, it's terrible. Just call me Dr. Phil. Hey. Armchair psychologist. Yes, that's right. <laughs> and then we have... Okay, so let's talk about Avery and... Omar. Omar. <sighs> she's just young. She's too young. She's too young. She's too young. She's going to change her mind like 50 million different Well, times. she's in a truly impossible situation, which I actually think is for the best. I actually... This is the one area, the one time in my life that I would say the travel ban maybe helping someone <laughs> because I think that it's making their relationship actually impossible and it's going to give her the space to realize that it actually wouldn't have worked out anyway, even if they could right. have been together. Cause right. I don't think their relationship will work. Um, she's too young. The cultures are too different. He is, I think not going to be willing to compromise. And I think she's also very confused about it, what it means to be Muslim in a Muslim country with a Muslim husband. She has no And what clue. it means to be Muslim in a very non-Muslim town in America. You yeah. know, she seems very extreme for her family and for her small, where she lives in Ohio. Yeah. But in a Muslim country with a Muslim hus- husband, she might be way too progressive. I mean, wearing that super like red lipstick and stuff. Yeah, I no. don't know all if the that makeup. Would, yeah, I don't know if that would be acceptable. I mean, you're not really. Yeah, I don't know. It's not just about like wearing the hijab. you know hijab and the um the frumpy gown you know that doesn't show all your tight curves or whatever. It's not about just that. It, there's so much more to the religion and to the culture that. She's not getting... She gets the religion, but she doesn't get the culture. I mean, I'm and I'm a perfect antidote to her because I'm a non-Muslim in a not religious, but very, very deeply culturally Middle Eastern family that right. I married into. So I can say without any of the religious, you know, confusion, I should say, any of the, the complication of that, that just entering into a Middle Eastern family as a, as a Caucasian American, you know, wasp, if you will is absolutely shocking and can be untenable at times. Right. I mean, it's it's a completely different mindset. And for somebody who admittedly, and you can see from also from her mother, is a very strong-willed, stubborn, yeah. um, probably very outspoken or had been, you know, even in the way she um, talks about what she's going to do, you know, she's very kind of strong-willed, very mature, but like... You know, still strong. Yeah, she little... has strong opinions loosely held. Yeah. And I but I think that that in and of itself is like very anti um Syrian culture. Agreed. <laughs> you know, the fact that she's on this TV show espouting, you know, her her beliefs and her all this stuff. I mean, I, I don't know. I feel like Omar also in the the few to- the few weeks that she was there with him in Lebanon, I think he got a taste of not just her mother, but 
her as well. You know, she is not exactly what he, he signed up for, you know. He probably thinks he can change her, though, because if you think about it, obviously all women in the Middle East, or let's just let's just break it down to Syria, every single woman is not born some kind of, you know, quiet, soft-spoken, right. subservient, you know, girl. There are women, obviously, there who are just as outspoken as Avery is, uh, but they bend, you know, over time. They are... They are taught that they are not allowed to behave that way. So he probably just figures that he can turn her into, especially with the pressure of his family and his village and whatever. Mm -hmm. That is, that's how it's done. I mean. Yeah, that's huge. And he's not going to become a citizen or get a visa anytime soon. Well, that's the problem. So I think that it's a, it's an actually impossible situation. And she's so immature that she's not going to be able to hold down the fort especially with no end in sight. Um, so I think they're just going to break up because... Yeah, and I, she you know. may go to see him and, and spend time. I, I think Although she's going to go to Lebanon, apparently. She'll go to Lebanon, she'll see him again. But the fact that she thinks she would move to Syria is... Well, she can't. So that was the beauty of it, is that yeah. that's not even an option. And of course, she's so young and dumb that she didn't even bother to look into any of this before she went... And running got married. off half-cocked. And the funny thing is that Omar didn't either, which surprised me. Yeah. Uh, that he wouldn't of... even bother to do a basic Google search or have one conversation with an immigration lawyer, which of course exists in Syria, you know, who probably would know even more in a sense than we do here, practically speaking about the effects of the travel ban. Right. Um, but she, if she goes there, then it's going to undermine her what is essentially an application for an exception to the travel ban for hardship, for being separated. Right. If they're not separated, the exception doesn't apply. And so she can't go there. Like I said, I think it's an impossible situation for yeah. them to be together I think anytime true. soon. And yeah, I think it's, I think you're right. And she'll move on and grow up. And so will he, I'm, I'm so curious about the legality of their marriage and all that. Yeah. Too, that you know. too. I mean, do they have a valid marriage? Is was it just like some hokey, religious ceremony well that's all it is in lebanon to be clear that's what they do and my in-laws got married in lebanon and it was recognized here but i don't know if they had to go through any sort of process here to legitimize or make official their lebanese marriage well it's interesting because i would be curious about that too especially with like a kini and oh big uh, time What's ben. his name? Ben and Akini. Yeah, because he's like practically we're, we're a hand married, fasting. and I'm like, mm, no, really married. Especially given the fact that he hasn't actually finished paying, so it would almost <laughs> seem that if that was the only thing, yeah, solidifying and official, making official their marriage in Africa, and he still is outstanding, then it would seem like they weren't even really married in Kenya. Well, and he kept making a distinction, like, well, you know, in Kenya we're married, yeah. but. You know, and then I don't know, is there even divorce in Kenya? I don't know. You know, so it could be that the marriage is so, like, loosey-goosey because there isn't really divorce, and it's not like you have to, like, divide assets or do anything that you would have to do here. So you could be married, but then you could just move on and marry somebody else. Or, you know, I you just don't know what is acceptable or legal there as well and what legal actually means. But clearly, he doesn't believe he's married here. Right. So there's that. So it could be the same situation where she's married there and maybe her religious, religiously, spiritually, they feel married, but not like legally. Yeah. Remains to be seen. 
And then let's see who else is there. Oh, then there's Caesar, sad Caesar. I don't even want to get into it. It's just, he's, he's such a sucker and it's such an old story on 90 Day. It's not even interesting anymore. Yeah, it was really annoying too because it's like so blatantly obvious. I'm like, what are you doing? It's like he thinks we're stupid. Yeah, because everybody on that stage is like, come on. And I'm really, the other couple that I'm annoyed with, and I'm annoyed that they're even featuring them on 90 Day this season, Angela and Michael. Get off Get off the screen. Like, end their contract. They're so grotesque. It's this endless, it's like, it's like going to a freak show. You know, we don't do that anymore. It's totally irresponsible. If that woman carries a child totes a child oh my God. that is so irresponsible i just am so like i her daughter is so much smarter than her mother i know it's kind of shocking i actually. was she's like well, you people do not need to be bringing in a baby into this world thank you shyla or Sh- whatever skyla skyla whatever your name is she like actually has her head on right and is i'm so glad she's refusing to help them, because she's right. The apple fell very far from the tree on that Oh one. my gosh. She must have like had a one night stand with a really smart guy for once. Angela will never carry tote another child. I so sincerely hope not, because it. that would be awful. So I think this season on 90 Day, it's just going to be about whether or not he's going to stay with her knowing that he, she will never have his child. Exactly. Um, is there anybody we're forgetting? I mean, there is Ben and oh, Akini, which we sort of touched, we kind of touched on. on. I don't think we need to talk about I don't know that, that they'll last. Um, I think they might be one of those couples that's getting a bad edit. Oh, okay. Where they're only showing the bad scenes because most of the time they do get along. Yeah, maybe I kind that's of it. get that impression because I think he is so deeply conservative. And I don't mean that in a political sense, but just as a person. Right. Especially as it pertains to his son. He would never enter into a relationship or continue a relationship unless he really thought that it was going to be successful and yes. continued to think it was successful. I think he would end the relationship at any time if he thought that it wasn't tenable because he wouldn't want to introduce that kind of instability to his son. No, I agree with so that. So it probably is a stable relationship and we're kind of seeing it at its worst and at its most awkward right? or whatever. I mean, honestly, that sort of bride price thing and all that stuff is reality TV gold. Like, there was no way that that wasn't going to be sort of what it was, you mm-hmm. know? And they, I think that TLC just sort of was exploiting them, which yeah. is fine. I mean, that's part of the game. Um, oh, the last one are Zied and Rebecca. I don't think they're going to last. Nope. She's just found another guy exactly like the first guy. Well, and I don't understand how she doesn't see that. Well, you know, people, the people yeah, have no. bad pickers. You know, I always come back to Patty Stanger. Of millionaire oh, matchmaker yeah. who literally like coined the phrase bad picker. Mm-hmm. And she herself, of course, is this perennially single, you know, cannot hold down a man, it seems, you know, because she's picking, she's obviously picking the wrong guys. And there's something about her, there's something inside her that isn't ready or it's working out, you know, her own demons. And I imagine that that's what's going on with Rebecca, where she's got something inside of her that's drawing her to these men who are all the same, you know, controlling, ultimately maybe not very honest. Like, why is she picking men from from countries where the culture is this super controlling male figure? That's my exact point. Like, she's like, I don't want to be controlled. Well, then pick a guy from a different country. Yeah, don't go to a place where you can't take your jacket off and you can't have tattoos if you want to be 
bare armed showing off your sleeve tattoos. Yeah, and like, if you don't want to be controlled by a man, don't go where the culture is very patriarchal. <laughs> like, you know, move to San Francisco. Meet a very liberal, progressive-minded man. <laughs> well, I think that the problem is that there's always two sides to every coin, right? So the other side of sort of patriarchy could be viewed as, you know, protection. Or, yeah, that's or true. making someone, making the woman feel cherished, you know, that yeah. he wants her to be safe and it brings out this like sort of animalistic. She's attracted to that sort of like, ooh, he's so strong and yeah. manly. Yeah, maybe she doesn't want Tim. You right, know? <laughs> exactly. She wants like a guy who is. But he's so young. He's too young and. Honestly, I actually don't get the best vibe from him as far as how honest he really is. No, and I think he's trying to get money for his family. I think so, too. I totally think so. His and that's the hilarious. only reason he's willing to overlook all these things that really are deal breakers. Right. Um, he's trying to get money for his family. Yeah, and I think even his family thinks that she's beneath him and that the situation is beneath him and it's not even worth right. You know, lowering himself to her to bring that money in. He seems like the black sheep of the family, though. Yeah, maybe. Like, he's kind of like, what kind of jobs does he do? What does he do? You know, oh, I just meet women online and get money. <laughs> well, it is very hard in a lot of Middle Eastern countries to make money in a traditional employment setting. Mm-hmm. So the there's like a huge gap between the very few wealthy and the very many unwealthy in a lot of Middle Eastern countries. And it's because the wealthy people are just start circling, circulating money between them. And they're not doing it through an honest day's work. And I'm not saying that they're criminals. I'm just saying there's a lot of backdoor deals and what they would call entrepreneurship, which is really just, oh, nepotism Mm. and essentially keeping the money within the elite. So if you just have a job, like a nine-to-five job in a lot of Middle Eastern countries, and I would include Lebanon in this, which is one of the reasons they're having problems in Lebanon right now because people don't like the system, you can't ultimately claw your way out of your socioeconomic group. Mm -hmm. You just can't. It's just You just can't make enough money in a day. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, unless you have like deals on the side with people who have right. money and you're not going to be around those people if you're not already in that circle. So it's just that kind of a thing. So yeah, so I think that's probably it for Before the 90 Days. I thought it was a great season, although I didn't actually like having Darcy back on. I didn't either, and I really didn't like having Angela either. No, hell no. I just feel like there's certain... I, I like it when there's like fresh crop. I agree. But not Caesar. I think Caesar, they were scraping the bottom of the yeah, barrel. Yeah, that was just sad. Yeah, it's just sad. It wasn't entertaining at all. No, because I just felt like this guy's just, no, he's just not getting it. I mean, it was sad, but then as we discussed last time, like he's also like looking, not looking for the right things. No, he's not. And again, it's the picker thing. This, this yeah. show always comes back to that. Yeah, it's true. All right, so let's... Talk about the new season. New season of 90 Day. All right. I'm so excited. Okay. So I just wrote down the names of the people that we're going to have. So we already talked about Michael and Angela. Let's yeah. not. We're not even going to talk about them again because they suck. Um, okay. So we have Annie from the Dominican Republic and Robert. And Robert is a single dad who has a son who is, I think, four or five. Bryson and he went to the DR for like a day and met her and hung out with her for like eight hours and then decided that he wanted to marry her 
and they're already having problems. And Robert meets his voice of reason friend who is actually from the Dominican Republic and tells him, girl, he's like, man, these girls from the Dominican, they come out here, they want money. They want their citizenship and then they're going to leave your ass. That's exactly what's happening. It's a hundred percent what's happening. And Robert's just too dumb to figure it out. No, you know what though, for Robert though, he has this layer, I think of just desperately wanting his son to have a mother. Which lends him a little bit more legitimacy. He's not just looking for a piece of tail, although of course he wants that. I think that the the real reason, because I think he is a decently shrewd person. What happened to Bison's mother? She just walked out. But then, okay, so supposedly, did I you mean, see this? Did you see this week? Yeah. Okay, so you know how they have scenes for next week. Yeah. Is that his grand? That's the Bryson's grandparents. I don't know. The that's foreign a good star. Um. Oof. I think they're Bryson's grandparents. So okay. I'm wondering if they are the mother's the parents. Mother's. It could be. I just remember that when he was introducing the situation. It, you know, his life. He said that one day when Bryson was very young, his mother simply moved out of the apartment, like without even telling him and just mm. left. So I don't know if Bryson even has contact with his mom. Mm. And, and it does seem like, and it's, it's sad, you know, and I, I would never judge another parent. I'm not judging the situation. But just for example, on Annie's first night when she got there and the way Bryson was about going to bed and the dad just coming in and putting on the movie, like it seemed clear to me that these two males have just been like living in this house together, sort of barely surviving and like cobbling together. They're surviving. They're surviving. Yeah. And I think that to his credit, Robert wants more than that for his son. And he knows that he's not going to be able to provide it. So he's trying to bring in a mother, but he's not bringing in a mother. He's bringing in a viper. (laughs) He wants money and citizenship. So he, again, his picker is way off. His is way off. Well, because he sees Annie is just to him this gorgeous sexy woman and he's not looking at a mother he's looking at a partner he has conflicting goals he does because he wants some hot mama but and I think she cares about Bryson but it's really hard I mean as a stepmother (laughs) it's really hard to come in and embrace someone else's child I have I you know I love my stepson and, and the chaos that may be pre-existing, which but there is a lot. Extreme. I mean, it's a lot, and especially when I mean the first day, and and also this will evolve over time. When I first met my stepson, he was almost five, so around, give or take, um, Bryson's age. And when he first met me, I was introduced to him as his dad's friend. This is my new friend, and um, he like was he really like wanted me to spend the night. He wanted the, the little, my stepson. And he was like, Oh, can Lisa come over tomorrow? And can we have a play date? And you know what I mean? Cause I was of course trying to make a good impression too, you know? And I was like, Hey, and, and I love kids. Like I've always done stuff around kids and stuff. So I was like, you know, it was exciting for him and it was exciting for me. And so he was very attached to me and he would talk to his grandparents about his dad's new friend and he really liked me and all this stuff. And, you know, over time, when you start living with somebody 100%, like when my husband and I got married or when we started living together and my stepson was there all the, you know, 50% of the time, 
you know, I become, I morph more into like a mother figure. I'm not his buddy anymore. And so I think over, I think he likes me and loves me still, but like it's, it changes, you know, the relationship changes because you're like a parent now. And I think that Annie and Bryson are like in the honeymoon phase where like he's excited to see this mommy figure, you know? And so he's like, I want to see Annie. I want to sleep with Annie. I wanna, you know, and she's kind of not really sure how to deal with us because I don't think she's been around a ton of kids. So she's kind of like, what? You know, what's happening right now? And Well, I also think that she's viewing, she, she's seeing objectively the sort of chaotic right, way that they're that living too. and the, the sort of chaotic way that Bryson's being raised and realizing that he doesn't have the boundaries that maybe she would. And I'm making assumptions about her. Right. But I think that maybe as a potential mom, she might, assuming she was taking that role seriously, that potential role seriously, she might be looking at this and being like, whoa, this isn't working. This isn't going to work. Like he needs to have his own space or he needs to have a schedule or he needs, you know, whatever it is. And then she doesn't actually have the authority to, Mm -hmm. at least not right now. And depending on how open Robert really is to another actual parent making parenting decisions, she could end up sort of hostage to these two like boys. Well, and it's also a situation where, you know, when my husband first separated from his ex-wife he didn't have a lot of money because you know you're just separated he just kind of moved out and he just got this one bedroom apartment it was a temporary situation so his son slept in his room he had his own bed next to my husband's bed but they shared a room Mm -hmm. because he had a one bedroom and eventually he was able to move into a bigger space and you know whatever once he got more established and everything but it seems like Robert is for, I don't know what he does. I don't know what his job he's is. He's an Uber driver. Is he? Right. Like so full time. Yeah. So he's not going to have the means to have this large house or a lot of space. So I think for them, you know, it doesn't seem like he has a, a lot of disposable income right now. Mm-hmm. So for him, them sharing a bed and sleeping together every night is kind of, you know, it's it's sort of their way of life because he doesn't have the means to get another room, like a two Yeah, but bedroom. Bryson could be in the living room just to sleep at night. He could be, but he's little and he wants to, sleep, and he's been used to sleeping with his dad. Yeah, no, I mean, I it's know. really hard to convince a toddler or a little kid like that. Like after they've clearly been sleeping together, probably his wife, to just all of a sudden, oh, this new woman's coming in, and you've got to go sleep on the living room now. You know, it's, it takes a little bit more preparation. No, no, I'm not saying that in terms of the timeline. I just mean there was another room all along, you know, that they could... Like, like my my husband's cousins all live in Paris, right? Nobody in Paris has anything more than a one... I mean, some people do, but most people have nothing more than a one-bedroom because Paris is so expensive. All of them set up, like, little corner nurseries within their living rooms for their kids, so that they could have yeah. their privacy, like, as a couple. Every single one of them. Yeah, but he never... He wasn't in a couple. Yeah, no, I know. No, no, I'm not criticizing No, no, I, so I'm just I, saying... I mean, it's something that she could reasonably take issue with. No, for sure. I mean, it's the same thing, like... But it's the same situation as that one guy, remember? They, um... What was that horrible couple from 
last season. Oh, yeah. You mean the ones from Wisconsin, Eric and Leda. Yeah, where yeah. she brought her son and they were going to all sleep in the same room. In the room. same room. But again, that was very temporary. And again, anything temporary, I'm not even commenting on. No, no. But this seems like a permanent, like this exactly. is their situation. And so there's a lot of stuff that Annie was not expecting. And I don't think he prepared her either, which is always the case. And, you know, this last, last, this most recent episode, he takes her shopping and he takes her to a consignment store. Um, it was a pretty nice consignment store, though. It was okay. It looked, I mean, yeah, but... It wasn't bad. She... It wasn't Goodwill. It wasn't Goodwill, but it was certainly not a mall. No. And, and that's what yeah. she was expecting. She was expecting to be taken to the mall he was so he being could take her shopping. He was not... Well, for him, it seemed like this is a good place. Yeah. And for her, she's like, uh, this is not... They had... Miss, uh, mixed expectation. Yes. <laughs> because his expectation was, hey, this is a nice consignment store. And she's thinking, this is not a mall where you buy brand new clothes. Well, and she also was saying that she wanted Chanel or whatever, which is totally out of reach for like 99% of the population. So, But she doesn't know that. I'm a little concerned that, and he sort of said this to her, it's like you think that everybody... Yeah. in the United States is wealthy and she really could just be so off the reservation with her expectations everybody even actually like get married like she might this might actually be sort of beneath her where she would rather go back to the Dominican and see what catch she can another man, another and, man. And, and come back over with him you know I, I think Robert man the situation may actually be and I think that's what was really coming out I would say the thing that bothered him was bothering him and getting to him was not so much the fact that she was behaving you know, in such a sort of spoiled, selfish way, but that he could see her becoming shut off to him, I think, and to the future of the relationship mm -hmm. because her ultimate goal actually is money. Yeah, and I think that, I think part of it is like his prop, his friend is probably like in his head. Well, it's also just obvious. I mean, the way Well, she it's was obvious, but was... like also just like, you know, he's been warned. Yeah, he's been warned. That's a rough one. I mean, I do think that she's here for money and citizenship. Oh, and, for sure. 100%. Um, it's the classic story, and he's the patsy, and I just hate when there are kids involved. I do, too. I think it's so sad. All right, so we met this couple for the first time this week. This is Mike and Natalie, who is from the Ukraine, and Mike is a farmer. He took over his dad's farm. I think it's like a, like a, a tree... I think they're called tree farms. Tree farms. Where like in Washington. And really it's just like a logging. Yeah. A logging, you know, I don't know, acreage. And he took it over, he's in a lot of debt, and he's trying to kind of rebuild it so that it can become productive and make money. Um, he's six seven. He's, he's so deeply uninteresting to me. He's very uninteresting. He's so boring. He's boring. I don't care about him. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care about him or his log logging. I love company. Uncle Bo. Oh, obviously Uncle Bo should be on the show. Uncle Bo is in the wrong state. I feel like he should be in like the bayou. I or was something. thinking Louisiana, yeah. <laughs> like when he smiled and had like no front teeth and he lives in the barn. Like I just I love Uncle Bo. He's the best. Yeah, he like should live under a bridge or something. Yeah. And the thing that's interesting, though, about this couple is that they met through a friend. It was more organic, at least. It was a little bit more organic because yeah. it's his best friend 
met his best friend actually is the one who met the wife abroad right. you know and probably did a dating website and met her from the Ukraine and it's her best friend who was their child's godmother and this guy Mike was the godfather and so they kind of thought hey you should meet each other and so now they're engaged she's very educated yeah. uh, in the Ukraine and she lives with her mother and she I think has miss also mixed expectations with Mike. Mike wants to live on the land and he doesn't need a lot and he's very simple and he's in a lot of debt. And she's this educated woman from probably a more urban city. She's from Kiev. Yeah, she's from she's used to more cosmopolitan lifestyle. I don't know that she's going to be very excited to be living on a tree farm. Although she should have gotten the lowdown from her friend. Well, this is what I was worried. This is what I was thinking about. Because we haven't seen too much of their story. They're just very, they're just beginning. But you would think that if you are, you know, if I were in her situation, I would be talking to my friend all the time about her husband's best friend. Yeah. You know, and be like, so what's the lowdown on this guy? But maybe she did. And maybe she does know. And she's compromising because she wants to come to the United States. Maybe. I just think it's going to be a huge... I think she doesn't really love him or want to be with him. And it's that. Okay. It's it's the... she's not, Not that she's a terrible person. I'm not making a value judgment. I'm just saying, ultimately, whatever your value system may or may not allow... And whatever her value system may or may not allow, I believe that she doesn't really love him, that this is purely a marriage of convenience for her. Yeah, that's very And possible. again, it could be that in her value system, that's okay. Yeah. And that she's not actually trying to take advantage of him. She may see it, and this is sort of the point I'm going to make ultimately about Juliana and, um, what's his name? Michael. Michael. That sometimes, I think, relationships can be transactional. Yeah, you know, and they then, mutually and benefit, then, and if each it's party. mutually beneficial and mutually understood that it's transactional, then it's okay. Then I think within my value system, it's okay. Which is not to say that other people should share my value system. My problem with Natalie and Mike is that it's not I don't shared. think that it's shared. I don't think he sees it as transactional. I think she sees it as transactional. Well, and that's a problem with a lot of the couples, right? You see yes. that Annie probably thinks of this. This could be transactional, and Robert is looking for a mother. And I think that it's an interesting dichotomy within the 90-day world that a lot of times the foreigners, I think their value systems allow for a transactional relationship and the Americans' value systems don't allow for a transactional relationship. And to me, and I want to make like a larger sort of socio-political point, that maybe the United States has become such an elite, an elitist Mm -hmm. nation where, you know, such, such a first world nation that we are no longer worried about because we're no longer worried about feeding ourselves not I mean obviously some people are but like the sort of general notion is that there's money and there's resources and there's this and that and so people want the the next rung of the ladder which is actual fulfillment in their relationships but I think it's but you can't I have seen so many transactional relationships in the United States. Where they were transactional on both sides? Yeah. Okay. Where, I mean, you see this all the time. Hi, okay. Hollywood. That's true. Hollywood is built on transactional relationships. That's a very good point. Where you have very wealthy men yeah. and very young, beautiful, 
not very ambitious women or ambitious in a career minded sense. You see this all the time, right? Um, you see the very wealthy guy with the young, hot girl on his shoulder. She's in it for the lifestyle, right? She may even have children, right? Because she's very well taken care of for the rest of her life. And he sees it as, hey, I, I can have my legacy. I have children. I've also got this hot model that I get to sleep with every once in a while. It's like the Hugh Hefner um, model, right? Yeah. This gross old man who has a ton of money. And all these little bimbos who are there to kind of in, enjoy it. Well, maybe it is time to move on to Michael. Is it Michael? Yeah, Michael and Michael Juliana. And Juliana. I mean, I think it can be a very... But do you think he's in it for the transactional part too? He is in the sense that the, 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 um, the benefit he's receiving in the transaction is... A young, beautiful, right. arm candy sex partner. He doesn't need a... Um, he doesn't need a mother. He doesn't need a mother and he doesn't need a true partner in the sense of the word. No. Like, a lot of times you see these wealth, these men who are businessmen, successful businessmen, who want an equally ambitious and successful woman, right? They want it to be a true partnership. Yep. And, but that's not Michael. Michael's looking for the arm candy. Michael's a douche. Oh, totally. So we just need to get that (laughs) off our chest. We're entering Greenwich. Can you see? Greenwich. Oh my God. And as someone from the East Coast, I look at him and I'm just like, yep. And she is the new model. Like he had the starter wife and she. Yeah. She got the kids. She had the kids. She had the kids. I'm sure she was very beautiful the day they got married. And then she got older and she had children as women do. Do. And. And she's a good mother. Yeah. And he just traded her in. I'm surprised that she is. As magnanimous as she is, I'm guessing it's because it won't be. She, no, I don't think it will. I think that's going to go down in flames. Yeah. Um, that relationship. I mean, now, luckily, Juliana is clearly a genuinely sweet, lovely girl. I think that she is from such such poverty. Well, she was explaining it that she was yeah. a seamstress in Brazil where she was making ten dollars a month. A month, yeah. You know, and granted, they're you know. Uh, I don't even know what I'm trying to say. Their lifestyle and, you know, the what things cost are very different there. So it probably went a lot further than $10 would in America. Yeah. But still, like, she grew up very, very, very poor. And she escaped that poverty because she She's happened pretty. to be born beautiful. And this is the controversial point I want to make. Is I was watching this and I was listening to her talk and I was thinking... Is it such a bad thing that this girl was lucky enough to have a beautiful face and so she was able to capitalize on that capitalize on that and, and, and leave what would otherwise be this like endless life of drudgery and toil? I mean, I know it's not fair to the non pretty ones, I get that, but at least somebody made it out alive. I don't think you know? I think that's I don't know that that's a controversial point. I mean, I I agree with you a hundred percent. I did have that feeling when they were in the car together and she was explaining how she was poor and I'm like yeah that's so unfair that she was just born beautiful but if you think about it that's sort of the way life is in a lot of ways yeah I mean some people are born smart you know other people are so, born to wealthy families but but I think about like I mean there are people that I know I'm, um it will make this very ambiguous 
but there are people that I know who are maybe not they're they're very ambitious and they're they're hard workers but the way they got their opportunities was because they were pretty Mm-hmm. And they got, and there are their counterparts who are super smart, but had to really, really work hard. You know, I'm not, I would never be in a group of women like, oh, Lisa's definitely the pretty one. You know what I mean? Like, it's clear I've gotten where I've gotten in my career because I had to work hard. I have three degrees. I'm like, you know, I, I've had to work for it. Yeah. But there are people that I see that maybe didn't have to work as hard just because they're beautiful. I've seen even those in too. even in my own um, career, I've seen people like I see family law attorneys who have made it really far and are partners and are they're beautiful. They went to like really crappy colleges and really crappy law schools, and they probably aren't that good of a writer or aren't that good of a lawyer even. But they're beautiful, so they are hired, and they are, you know, I mean, you see that all the time. Yes. Luckily, people that are hiring mediators are not looking for somebody with good looks. <laughs> I mean, most people hiring lawyers are not looking for good no, looks, but some people are. But some people are, and I think that beautiful people tend to get more opportunities than not. And that's just life. I don't think that, that's not specific to Brazil or to an impoverished company, company country <laughs> but I think it's just more obvious when you see somebody like Juliana who was talking about the fact that she was so poor and how she got out of it was just being beautiful but then you take it a step further and it becomes a little bit more seamy and I think this is where maybe the argument does get more touchy or controversial where okay so she became a model because of her looks. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so now she's on yachts instead of in her, like, little hovel doing seamstress work. So mm-hmm. that's cool. And could she just have stopped there? You know, could that have been the success story? Does the story actually take a sadder turn when she enters, in, when she parlays that, her looks, and her actually having the opportunity to be on a yacht and meet somebody like that, where she's parlaying that into an entire life of being married to a man who she never would have picked. Yeah, but it's not an entire life. It's not? I mean... You don't know. I mean, she's going to outlive him, sure, but... No, but she could divorce him. She could just divorce him and, you know, and the community property is what it is and she'll have a green card and this and that. Okay, so, but then take away... You know, let's say her prime childbearing years, even call it that, maybe. And again, but I don't know that though, it would be that because long. she's twenty three. She's so young. I mean, he is kind of an idiot, like thinking that. I guess it's because she's so sweet. Like maybe he can believe. And she that. tells, "I love you so much," but like even just listening to her, I was cringing for him when she's in the car and she's. And maybe it's because maybe it came in her testimonials, and that's where I'm thinking of it, where she's just like look at all this opportunity, you know, and I, in my career and I'm in New York and I've made it. And I mean, for her, this is like amazing. And yeah, I think for her, it's not sad that she has to like be stuck with this guy. He's not horrible looking. No, but it is totally transactional for her. I think, yeah. I, mean, I don't think she loves him at all. I think she may have convinced herself on a very, at a very shallow level that she loves him, but it's really just, you know, the inna- you know the infatuation with someone who's giving you a lot of money and opportunity, and it has nothing to do with who he actually is, because who he actually is, again, to clarify, 
is a douche. Yeah, he's gross. He's a huge, big, wet, flapping douchebag. Yeah, which is what his ex-wife has recognized. Yeah, of course. And And that's why why she's probably not that upset that they're not together anymore. She's like, well, cool. I got half his money, and I don't have to put up with his shit every day. Yeah, and I have primary control of raising the children. And those children should have their own show. I oh my mean, god! Talk they... about a voice of reason. <laughs> what the hell? They it's are listening to twenty-eight-year-old so people. They're so cute, and they say stuff that makes so much sense. Yeah, they're so smart. I mean, you know, yeah. thank God. Although it's a little creepy because the little boy has a crush on Juliana. Clearly, well, because she's closer in to age to age. him. I, than I think his... I think part of him thinks he has a chance. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I mean, what kind of model are you looking at, right? The, the dad, yeah, if my the next dad generation. Yeah. And that has happened, like, in history. You know, wealthy families. The father's young wife actually ends up... With the not, son. not even with the gardener, but with the son. You know, I mean, that that does happen. I think that was, like, many storylines in Dynasty. Yeah, but I think it really does happen. I mean, I don't yeah. think it's just a soap opera. No, no, thing. no. I think that's true. And you can see how. I mean, it's... I, I don't know. So, for them, I, I, I actually feel like you're right. I think it is purely transactional. Um... Yeah. He might actually have more feelings. No. You don't think so? No, not a chance. I think he may be, have convinced himself that he does, oh. but he does Well, I think he has he lusts after her. Yeah, I don't her. think he has any genuine feelings for anyone except himself. Yeah. I think he is a true narcissist. Yeah. And um, his children are merely reflections of him. I mean, he is just the stereotypical narcissist to right. me toxic yeah. toxic narcissist. and i think i think for them having a transactional relationship is totally i think fine. it's fine i just feel badly because she's so young she's from this like vulnerable position but that's a, that's almost a good thing yeah she's, plus she didn't she's meet him young she didn't meet him as a seamstress either we have to remember she no, met she him met once mom she had yeah, already that, and i'm sure she other picked other girls men. that she had modeled with on yachts have fallen into similar situations. Or much, much worse situations. Or much worse. But I think that, like, I don't think, and I will say something that might be also controversial, I don't think it was preposterous for her inter- in her interview for them to think she was a prostitute. Nope, not at all. That's not, pro- because... Transactional relationships. Tra- she's, she's just playing a much bigger, a much longer game. Right. I mean, let, let's call it what it is. So, I, you know, I, I think that they're, I don't have any problem with their situation. They're not Mark and Nikki. Because they're reminiscent of Mark and Nikki. And I believe Mark and Nikki may have been in the first season. They might have been in the second season. I don't know if you remember. This is the girl oh, where he got so yeah. mad when she touched his car window. Yes. That was the one that's where really it bad. tips the scales into... Yeah. He was like abusive in was, like a very emotionally and verbally sort of I mean, way. he took advantage of every advantage he had over her already in terms of... And his kids were like were older in. than she was. Yeah. He, she was like another child to him. It was yes, weird. That, that, one, I that do was remember a rough that. cut. That was a difficult one. I think she was 19. Yeah, she was And there is a difference. Young. There is a difference between 19 and 23. Yeah. I mean, I think I met my husband when I was 23. Now, granted, he was only four years older than I was. But yeah. still, I was old enough to meet someone and make a lifelong or quasi-lifelong decision about a partnership. At 19, I was dating a professional skateboarder. So, yeah. there you go. Yeah, no, at 19, there was definitely, there's a difference. So I think so. Okay, so I'm I gonna, love watching them. I want to clarify. No, I mean, no, no. I love of watching them. I think they're. I think it's going to be. Um, I'm actually a little nervous about 
the meeting between his ex-wife and Juliana because I think Juliana's just like a sheep to the slaughter and that's kind of sad. Yeah, I mean, I think that like, well, it's it's funny because I think his ex-wife sees their relationship just as transactionally as we do. Exactly. And so she's just making it clear. Like, you're not here to be a mother to my children. No. And I think it's very different. I think it would be a very different conversation if you were marrying somebody that a was... A love match. A love match yeah. where it was like somebody who was more... Uh, of a partner for him and well, not like you yeah. <laughs> like your ex-husband I mean sorry your husband married you right and you're his actual I can't imagine his ex-wife coming to me and saying you're not at all part of the parenting yes yeah, I mean it, it wouldn't I, be reasonable and, yeah it's not reasonable so I think I get where she's coming from she's just spelling it out yeah exactly and being clear about it right so I I get that part um but I don't know that Juliana wants to be a mom anyway she's no, more like a no. fun nanny or older sister she wants to be their friend you yeah. know and and i think that's probably that's what she okay. will be and i think these particular kids because they are like little yodas i think that they are capable of having that relationship with juliana and separating out the stepmother thing which is really in name only mm-hmm. and just enjoying her company i thought it was really sweet that they cooked for her yeah and it was a pretty elaborate meal the little girl cooked for her yeah of course <laughs> the little girl who like has a penchant for like red lipstick <laughs> I was like, you you slay queen. Yeah, I liked her. She's she looked amazing. Great. So I love those kids. Is that, are those the only couples? No. Oh my oh. gosh, we have three more couples. Oh my God. So we have Marcel and Anna. Ugh, this the is beekeepers. so hard. <laughs> the beekeepers. This is tragic. This, this is, is so hard tragic. to watch. They're such an odd couple. Although they look the same. <laughs> Literally, like if you just look at their faces, yeah. they actually have the same face. And it's so, and they're, they are reminiscent of Paul and, uh, Karini. Karini. No, I would not go that far. Well, no, just because of the trans, the, the translator they app. talk on the translator app. Yeah. This is not going to go anywhere. Can we just say it's not no, going anywhere? No, because he, he has set up a situation that is impossible to maintain where he's trying to hide her, her three, three children, children from his parents. I mean, I, I don't understand. And that, although this was something where, again, and I, and I hate to like opine as if I have some kind of authority, but this whole Middle Eastern thing of his family will actually disown him because of the pressure they would be experiencing from the village. Mm-hmm. So it wouldn't just be, oh, they can't handle it and they're prejudiced against her for having children by another man or whatever it is that they have a problem with. It's that their position in society would become untenable. So it's really a survival thing. Right. And it's in that society, in that culture, it is an it takes a village mentality. People have to stick together. And if they get kind of expelled from the community, then they become really, really vulnerable. Well, it's, and they take that, I mean, I'm guessing he's from a very small town. Yeah, like a village. A very small village where they don't have cable television because if he thinks he's I'm hiding these true. children. No, I'm guessing that they really nobody, do not have access to And the neither show. do anybody else because otherwise they would know. I don't think that that's actually the untenable part about it. I just no. think that it's it is absolutely untenable for their relationship and for her as a mother just to have, have a... Totally aside from the show, just to like take the show away, just to like no, no, be in I this think relationship that's true. And have the the secret is absolutely ridiculous, and I think it's borderline abusive that he is even posing this as an ultimatum. The fact that he came here with this in mind and didn't make that clear to her. Why are they in a relationship? I don't know, and I also got the impression she did know this. Ahead well, of time. yeah, so like, I get you thinking, she's you kinda, moron. Yeah, she's like an the, idiot these too. these conversations in front of her sons are 
heart wrenching. They're terrible. That those poor boys. I think she's just a moron. I, I mean, think I, she's, I, she's a beekeeper. Not that those people are stupid, but like maybe she, you know, isn't as educated and this and that. And she's more of like a she's simple lonely. person. She's lonely. Clearly, her other relationships have not worked. Um, she's she's unsophisticated. She's Let's very unsophisticated. I think you know it's it is sad because. You, he, they're making Marcel out to be this horrible person for keeping this secret. But, but like you said, I mean, the secret, it, if you understand his culture, he has to keep this he secret. He has to. Because That's why it that. just doesn't work and he shouldn't be in the relationship yeah, at all. He should realize it's an impossible relationship yeah. because of his background and leave it at the door. And it will be and it's yeah. fine. And she'll get over it. She yeah. doesn't really know him anyway. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's go to Emily and Sasha. Now, this is an interesting 90 Day yeah. Fiance because he lives in Russia and now Emily, the American, is living in Russia. She was living in there there She's, all along. Yeah, you know. she was. She moved there to teach English, I think, and then she stayed in Russia. Which, I'm sorry, that's kind of like a flaky thing to do. Like, this is someone who just didn't know what to do with herself Yeah, and decided to and live somewhere like else. And is like a party girl and decided, oh, I'm going to go have this, like you know, stupid job. The fact, I mean, she clearly doesn't take it that seriously because she still doesn't speak Russian after all this time. She's just one of these people that wanted to go and have a good time Live abroad. as a young person abroad. And I have no problem with that. I'm no, just no, saying no, no. she's not, she's not settled no. at all in her life. And I, at that age, in that position in my life, would not have had a kid. Not, not, I'm not talking about a woman's right to choose or any of that. I'm just saying I don't think she's ready to have a child. She's certainly no. not ready to have a child with a Russian guy who has three children, two children by other women. Yeah, I thought it was really interesting. So Sasha has been married twice before. Um, and he left each wife for the next person. And I think it's pretty clear that Emily actually what, did overlap with his second wife. Yeah. yeah. And we meet his first wife. Yeah. She comes on the show. She's so resigned. I loved how, like, Russian she was. She was very Russian. Well, she looked... When they got married, she was much younger, and she's beautiful. But now she's, like, so Russian. Yeah. <laughs> and she comes in, and they're talking to her because um, the the idea is they're married. Wait, are Emily... They're, they're not married They're not yet. married. Emily and Sasha are not married, but they plan on getting married because she's going to have the baby. And they plan on moving to the United States. And so, in the United States, obviously, they'll have their child together, but they want to be able to bring his other child, his first child. Which, again, let's talk about how fucked up this is. This is sort of in the line of the Marcel Anna thing. It's like, okay, this is a man who's willing to leave his two children behind in Russia to come to the United States with his third child. Right, and the, the question, and, and, and Emily at least claims that she was willing to stay in Russia. Yeah. So then it just becomes like blatantly obvious to me that he is just looking for opportunity. Right. So he, I mean, he doesn't seem like the brightest bulb either, but he is so, and, and his ex-wife points this out. Like you're just willing to leave your two kids to go do this new life in America. Like, why don't you stay here? And Emily thinks the solution to that is to just have the kid come visit sometimes. She's such an idiot. Yeah. So she wants to make sure that this ex-wife is going to be okay with letting their son visit them in America. And she doesn't do a very good job of making the ex-wife comfortable with her. No. Like she acts like she's the one doing some kind of favor. It's almost like an ugly American thing. Yeah. Where she's like, oh, well you'd be lucky to have your kid come spend time I in know. the United States. So 
I didn't like, I did not like how Emily presented herself. And I thought it made it clear that she has not thought this through, that she's just an immature girl who's infatuated with this guy who has good game Mm -hmm. and she is going to be his third ex-wife. Yeah. And, and she will have brought him to the United States to boot and be left with his kid who he's never going to visit. And I have to say, I mean, it couldn't be more clear to me what the... Well, well, he... I mean, Sasha might just stay in America. No, no. He's going to stay, but still never see the kid. Right. <laughs> be even worse. He's going to move to, like, Vegas, and she lives in... I don't remember where she was from. I don't remember either. But in her family thinks she's crazy. Well, she is crazy. And, the, I mean, oh, my God. That, like... It was like a scene from Saw when she was getting... Well, that's the thing, too. Like, giving birth I get... in a Russian hospital. Turn some fucking lights on. I'm scared. I... When I go to... Portugal even you know mm-hmm. and, and you know they're very sophisticated I have my my dad's cousin there is a neurosurgeon you know very well respected even then like I would feel nervous having a surgery and for this girl who doesn't even know Russian to be going to be having her child there without any of her family present she didn't think it through she didn't and even Sasha had to get special permission. Well, we remember from Steve and Olga days. Right. Steve and Olga, Russia, that in Russia, the husband is not allowed to be in the room while the woman is giving birth. In that, like, half chair with stirrups. They might have been in the same hospital. I don't know. God. <laughs> it was just so weird and sterile. And, and the doctor on the cell, cell phone, phone. I'm just like, what is happening? Get a phone. Get a landline. And Sasha had to get special permission. And the only reason he was granted permission to be in the room when she delivered was because he was the translator. Yeah, I think that they knew it would be, like, more of a liability to not have him right. than to have him. And I think they don't like the men to be there because they consider them essentially a liability that they're going to be interfering in some way, which he didn't. No, he didn't. He he was supportive. Again, he, I this is what creeps me out about him and freaks me out about the situation is he has such good game. And I think he's like a sociopath where when he's on, he's on. Like when he's in the relationship, he's in it. And then he can cut it off like this because yeah. he doesn't have any real feelings. And they're still, like you can see the ex-wife is still... She would take him back in a heartbeat. Yeah. And that she's like... He was a good catch for her. Yeah. And, um... And the second ex-wife isn't even on the scene. Yeah, it's... I don't know what's going on with her. Maybe she went and, like, started over with someone new and... Doesn't want to be part of Just doesn't have anything to do with him. That would be my guess. But I do think it's pretty clear, and I thought it was sketchy how he... My belief, my, my, my recollection is that he lied to us in his confessional about the overlap or lack thereof between Emily and his second wife because he said, or Emily said, but I think it was him, that it was years after his relationship ended with his second wife that he met Emily. But then later, Emily kind of like slyly, maybe a couple of episodes later, kind of slyly sort of put it in, put it out there that she actually did know him mm-hmm. in a quote, you know, totally platonic, friendly Oh, manner. right. They'd known each other for a couple yeah, years. Yeah, when he was still married. And so, to me, it's not only blatantly obvious that he just left his second wife in the dirt as soon as Emily came along and had her passport for the United States, but that he's even lying about it and she's kind of lying about it. Like, she knows that it's sketchy. Because she met him, didn't she meet him in the gym? In the gym, yeah. And I think he was just a personal trainer and was married and, like, fully in his relationship. And, mm. and again, he had left his first wife for his second wife. Same mm. thing. So I think that... It's a pattern. That's, it's it's just, totally a pattern. It's not unusual. And it, and it always makes me laugh and is surprising to me that these women are surprised... I know. ...when they were the ones that, they, that their husbands 
left their ex-wives for. Or cheated with. Or cheated with when they cheat on them. It's yeah. like, uh, uh, come on. Get a um, clue. But again, she's so immature. And that's why I brought up the point about her going and teaching English. Like, I think that she's just in a place in her life where she's not even remotely mature enough or sophisticated enough or ready or knows her well enough to pick a life partner. And she's just jumping into this thing because this guy sweet talked her. Yeah. I think he totally he's, just he's, seduced he's her. He's cute and he's a sweet talker. And now they have David. Yeah, it's very sad. I mean, the yeah, good news is, you know, she can move to the States and then she will have the support of her family and obviously she'll be able to raise the kid, but um, it's hard watching the slow motion car wreck. At yeah. least it's an interesting slow motion car yeah, wreck. Yeah, it is interesting. It'll like be interesting Caesar. to see what ha- Oh, God, Caesar looked horrible. Okay, so then the last couple we have are is Sinjin and Tanya. This is a rough cut. So this, too, is two young people who are not right for each other, but who are just in lust and it won't work. Yeah. Sinjin's cute. He's totally... Eh, I think he's cute. He's not my type. He's not... Well, he's not really my type either. I don't like light hair. I like my men more swarthy. Yeah. You know, I always thought I did, but it's so funny because I'm always like, oh, I I want a guy who like dark hair, dark eyes, you know, like tan. And I always end up dating the like blonde, blue-eyed, whitest guys ever. Well, it is an opposite to track thing sometimes. Like, I'm very pale. Yeah. You know, I do have brown hair, but, like, I have blue eyes. Like, I'm a traditional sort of waspy look. And you have more of, like, dark hair, right. dark eyes. And you have darker skin than I do. So, like, you went for, like, the super white guy, and I, I went for the, the Middle Eastern guy. It's so funny. And my both my husband's siblings, same thing. They're with, yeah. like, very, very... Light, yeah, my light sister people. has like the whitest husband too. And then who who was it? Oh, Paul and Carini was the classic case. Yeah, where it's like he was not cute at all. But I think the first thing she ever said about him years ago was, "Oh, you know, he I've ne- I've never even seen a guy who had blonde hair and blue eyes." Yeah. And that was so because it's like mm-hmm. you know, it's a, a novelty. Although, speak by the way, just as an aside, they are getting divorced. Oh, are they? Yeah, I think she's back in Brazil though. With the baby. Which is interesting, yeah. I think that she didn't really want to be here. I think she had come here, mm-hmm. and now she's just leaving him and going back to Brazil. So that's an interesting one. He is potentially a serial killer. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Um. So okay. So Sinjin is from Cape Town, South Africa. He's sort of a free spirit. Seems like. And yeah, free spirit slash um, slacker. Slacker. Yeah. I mean, he just doesn't I mean you call it a free spirit when someone just doesn't have a job. I mean, right. It's like, oh, of course they're hiking all the time. They don't have anything else to do. Right. But he's fine. He's. I guess I don't know how he's living. I mean, he, but he doesn't need much. He's a very like you could tell. He's minimal. He's simple. He's he and Mike would get along on the farm. Yeah, that's <laughs> you know true. what I mean. Like he's just like whatever you know. And he, she's this like. Type A, intense, oh my God. super intense. She's so obstinate, very stubborn, stubborn very strong willed. She has a plan for her life. She's and immature. He, very she immature. She does not understand that you have to compromise in she, a relationship. She will not compromise. And I recognize it because I used to be like Oh her. my God. I'm like, I'm watching myself on TV Same. at that age. But I wasn't that age. I was younger than yeah. she was. How old is she? Actually, that's a good question. I don't know. I get the impression she's like 27 or 28. See, I don't. I think she's like 22 or 23. Okay, I'm going to quickly Google this. Keep talking. Yeah, because she was saying that her mom was a young mom and she wanted to be a young mom too. I don't understand. I always feel like, you know, and, and, 
she gets very self-righteous about like, you know, he, so anyway, there he comes and he, they're together. I thought it was really weird. Her two friends were like always with them. That was really weird. She should have like known better than that. But again, it's because she doesn't consider him at all. No. And it's kind of the immaturity too, how she said, I would pick my friends over my husband like anytime. And it's, she's just not there yet. Um, but she, well, she seems to think that it's some kind of like self-righteous. She's very self-righteous about everything. Yeah, yeah. You know, and he made a very good point when he was like, I feel like this is your story and I'm just a character in it. And yes. he, and she was like, what? But he's totally right. A hundred percent. You could replace him with anybody. I loved how he explained you know, I may look like I'm just sort of going along with everything. And, and she said it too. So she was like, well, of course I always get my way. And this is going to be their problem is that so far, because they've been in vacation mode and they haven't been dealing with anything serious. I imagine his visa thing went relatively smoothly. Mm-hmm. I don't think they hit any like major speed bumps there. I don't think there were, have been money problems because they haven't been living together and this and that. And it's the classic case where all those things that all those situations that she thinks um, characterize their relationship, whereby she ultimately is the, the 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 alpha, where she gets her way. That only worked in vacation mode. Mm-hmm. It's not going to work when there's real life stuff to decide. He right. is going to grow a backbone, and she's not going to see it coming, and she's going to deeply resent the fact that he she's going to think he lied to her right she's going to think he was he's being very dishonest going and he's very like yes. yeah sure except that he is also very stubborn in things like so they mention they talk about kids right yeah and she says she wants to have a kid right away because she wants to be a young mom like her mom was a young mom and they were really close so she wants the same thing and he is like <laughs> laughing did you find out? I can't figure out her age. It's going to bug me. Oh, that is going to bug me too. Um, but she wants kids like right away. And he's saying, you know, but I still want to do all this stuff. And, and he's not wrong. And he's not wrong. He's like, how are we going to do all this stuff if we have kids? And she's like, people never ask that to men. They always ask that to women. It's like, okay, that's not necessarily true. Because if you have children, it's he's, he's not presenting things that are misogynistic in any way like he's being honest and like real about it like she's like i can do everything i can have kids and i can travel the world why can't i do both and it's like what but do it's you a mean very, a baby on my hip yeah it's like it's a very immature. i think she's the i think she's fox news stereotype of a liberal totally you know, where she's gonna try to find the moral high ground on stuff that has nothing to do with it i think that's true because i i mean i consider myself a, a liberal person yeah but you're rational but even then i was like okay you need to tone it down like a lot because well, and again she's confusing you're missing it. the point yeah she's 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 just you trying to find a way to control the outcome by changing the narrative and changing what the discussion is about and she's like i will have a kid whether it's with you or not. Yeah. She's like, trying yeah, to you're going to go it. to a sporn burn back. Just, that was my plan until I met you. Like, it's so like rigid and yeah. it's, it's, it's not, it's not him. And, and it's not how relationships work. And I don't think he's desperate to get out of South Africa. No. So I think he's there because of her yes. specifically, but if she's not going to work for him, he's going to be like sayonara. Like, I, I don't need to be here. Like, he's not looking for a green card. He, I don't think it's going to work. Like, I, I, don't I, I think of them as like a Yamir and Chelsea, 
but even worse off than Yamir and Chelsea who ultimately got divorced within like two years. This is the girl from Chicago and she brought like the Nicaraguan pop singer. Oh yeah. And the problem there was that he had his whole life. He was happy and he came for love. And then he was having to sacrifice the life that he really wanted and the career that he wanted and the cultural like life that he wanted to be with her. And it was, the gap was too large. And I actually think they were much better suited for each other and better capable of compromising with each other and having a relationship than these two who not only are coming from totally different cultures, but are deeply disparate personalities and have never really explored the realities of living together functionally as a unit. Well, yeah, like he's like, you can't, you don't even know what it means to compromise. And she's like, I am compromising. I'm decided to wait two years and I would have already had a kid by now. It's like, that's not compromising. Like compromising just within yourself is not enough. Like you have to compromise with what the other person wants. And she's already talking about two kids. Yeah, she's not going to compromise and he's going to... He's going to run. He's going to walk away. Why would he... And he's smart enough and I think mature enough to understand why that'll be it. Yeah, it's just not going to work. That'll be a fun one to watch. At least they don't have kids now yeah. that we have to worry about. That's true. So it's shaping up to be a pretty good season, minus the fact that Angela and Michael are dead air. Um, but I love, I think my favorite just to watch is probably, probably Juliana and Michael. Because I just want to see, watch it burn, and I want to hear the kids' like pithy commentary. Yes, I love the kids. And y'all can just continue to enjoy our pithy commentary if you want to, <laughs> as we continue yes. the season. Oh, Tanya's 29. Yeah, see, I told you, I thought she was older. Oh. I didn't think she was in her early 20s. They're both 29. Yeah. I guess I thought that she was younger because she said she wanted to be a young mom, but I guess in today's or age, well, 29 is a young mom. I actually think she's worried about her biological clock. I think she's like worried that she's getting too old to have kids, and she's reframing it to sound... You yeah, know. she should just go with that. Yeah, she, she but I think just, that's probably the she real should, problem. She should hang on her hat to like, oh, look, I'm going to be 30. Although, in this day and age, it's really hard to say that like by 30, you're getting too old. I well, mean, that's why she wouldn't say it. Because right. she's like Miss Feminist. She's not going to admit right. that she really wants to be on the timeline. Right. The conventional right. conservative timeline. But I think she does. Yeah, I think that's true too. And she won't admit it. So. Because you're yeah. right, 29 is not a young mom. No. It is definitively... Not a young mom. No. Young mom is 17. Yes. Maybe 20. (laughs) 21. Well, because I mean, but I, but 29 is also not an old mom. No, it's not. I mean, I had my second kid when I was 41. No, no. 29 is not an old mom. It's just not a young mom. It's just not, but that's not, you're right. I would not characterize it as like, I, I want to be a young mom. So I'm going to have my kids at 29 and 30 and And it would be 30, 31, by the way. Yeah. Especially three years. Yeah. Like 32, 33. Yeah, that's I not mean, a the, young mom. the longer he keeps putting it out, yes, her biological clock would be ticking. If he's like, I want to have a kid in five years, that puts her at 34. Yeah, then it's understandable that she would be like, look, my biological I don't know how easy it's going to be to get pregnant. You know, yeah. there's a lot of other issues, but that's a more legitimate road to take than I want to be a young mom. And the way she's so obstinate about it, I'm just surprised she's so immature at that age, I guess. Exactly. She has, she's so incredibly under underdeveloped she just reminds me so much of avery yes in 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 different like different 
things that she's fighting for, but she's like ten years older, older than. But what she's did she still learn in that acting ten years? Like she's so stubborn and self righteous, and like that's such a nineteen year old position. I don't know. It's so well, weird. I hate to say it, and maybe this is controversial. It probably is, but I imagine that like falling into this niche of activism, maybe didn't help her develop that much. Maybe she ended up in a yeah. little bit of an echo chamber with other people who were also just like sort of very extreme extreme, and maybe she didn't actually develop as an individual because she was so focused on developing as like a citizen of the world or whatever. Well, because what she was the one who was um, caught. Yeah. She's been like arrested or something. But maybe she was, protesting. she spoke out protesting. At, oh yeah. In Congress or something. Yeah. For, I forget what it was. Yeah, me too. There was something that she was like the one that was like dragged out or whatever. And I feel like, you could be, I consider myself a socially minded person and, you know, whatever, but like, there's a time and a place. And the way that you get yourself heard is not necessarily by screaming the loudest. Well, look, she's on a show now. I think Homegirl likes the limelight. I know. I don't, I, it kind of sort of puts a little like, uh, <laughs> wrench in her whole like self-righteous thing. Yeah. To- I think she's very conflicted. I think she is too, and I, I, I'm just shocked at her age. I thought she would be, but she seems much younger. Totally agree. Well, we'll see. We will see. So, um, hopefully, we'll do this more often and more regularly. Um, and next week is Thanksgiving. Yeah. So we might not be recording next week, but we will definitely come back the week after for some more ninety day fiance. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye. Bye. Legal disclaimer, this is a personal podcast just for fun, solely meant for entertainment purposes. We are lawyers, but we're not giving any legal advice on the podcast. We're not creating any kind of attorney-client relationship in the podcast. And also keep in mind that anything we say, anything at all, it's just our personal opinions. We have no intention of maligning any individual, group, company, religious or ethnic group, nationality or anything or anyone else lisa and katie have no affiliation with tlc these are not the opinions of tlc and finally anything that we say is not meant to represent anyone other than lisa freitas and katie Saad individually finally please give us leave us a comment on our facebook page and give us a five star rating on whatever podcast service you're using to help us continue to record thank you <laughs>